Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. You guys, I'm so disappointed today. I bought these tickets to a Maxwell concert. It was supposed to be tomorrow in L.A. at the Forum, and I was so, so very excited. My friend is in town, and we got these last-minute tickets row six, I think. I was really, really excited. Like I have been a Maxwell fan for, I don't know, like 20 years, over 20 years. Freshman year of college. I mean, school had like just started and there was a concert at the student union. And it was this artist who had like one song on the radio. And I liked the song and I wanted to go see the artist. And I want to say tickets were like $5, but I got caught up doing something else didn't go to the show, totally forgot about it, and then realized that the next day when people were like, oh, it was a really good show. And I was like, oh, like, was it sold out? And they were like, no, it was like half empty. And I was like, damn, I wish I had gone. And the artist was Maxwell. And then like some other songs of his came out and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed the Maxwell concert. So I remember like a few years later, I think I was living in London at the time. There was a show in New York. I want to say the day or two after I got back from London. I got up and walked to the internet cafe because the place I was staying at didn't have internet access because this was like early 2000 to catch the tickets when they went on sale. So I flew back and jet lagged and everything. I got there early and went and stood at the front for like a couple hours to wait for Maxwell because that's how pressed I was to see Maxwell. And that then was to make up for not going to the concert when I was a freshman in college. And so going tomorrow, which I was supposed to, was supposed to make up for, again, not going when I was a freshman in college. And I was like, oh, baby me would be so proud. 17-year-old me would be so proud that we still like Maxwell and that we go to Maxwell shows and sit in good seats. She would be so proud of us. I was all gung-ho to go. And then literally the day after we bought the concert, like they changed the date to the 29th of this month. And I won't be here. I'll be gone already. So womp womp. I do really want to see Maxwell though. That's my only news. I've actually worked, worked, worked. I'm looking forward to this weekend. To make up for Maxwell, my friend and I are headed out to Malibu to, you know, see what it's giving. See what, see what shenanigans we can find ourselves getting into. I look forward to that. I'm so glad I held the podcast. I had a meeting earlier today and I was like, well, I'll do, I'll record the podcast in the morning and then I'll edit it after the meeting. And something told me like, hold off, hold off, hold off. So I'm glad I did. 
because two things happen. Essence just released its latest cover. It's Cardi and Offset and the kids. All of those babies are gorgeous. Now, I'm not the biggest Offset fan, but the man does make some beautiful babies. These kids are gorgeous. Cardi also has baked the same child twice. Her newest baby, her son, this is the first time we're seeing pictures of him today. He's on the Essence cover with the family. And then Cardi also posted some some pictures of him on her page. He's gorgeous. He's a cutie pie. He looks exactly like culture. Like they're, they're total twinsies. And I'm like, oh, you made the same baby twice. Beautiful baby. Cute little boy. But yeah, this is a really cute cover. Offset's oldest daughter, I don't know her name. In this Essence cover, she's sitting directly in the center. Gorgeous child. I've, I don't, have we seen her before? But you could just see like the behind the scenes videos. She is, she is all eyes, face, and personality for days. Give us more. She is adorable. Most people are loving the cover. He's some really cute ass kids. And they all have the same face. Offset's jeans are strong, which I'm not mad at. He's not a bad looking man. There was something else I was going to say. Kids, Cardi. Oh, I knew this was coming. I, I knew who was on the cover a while ago. We do this every time. Like half the people, I wouldn't say all the people, half the people do this every time there's a conversation about Cardi in any sort of like black space or doing something that only like the blacks are allowed to do. Y'all know Cardi's black, right? She's black. She's a black Latina. She's black. Black Latina is, is still black. Like American black ain't the only way to be black. Like, you're not more black because you're black American. Black Latina is still, like, authentically black. It's not off-brand black. It's, it's, it's black speaking Spanish. It's still black. Still black. There's not one place to be black in. Just FYI. The other news that came through, and it's not news. I think that's important to say. It's not news. It's alleged. It's a rumor. But there's a huge trending topic right now. It's um, Rihanna and ASAP. The rumor, I think it's important to, to repeat, is that they've broken up because he cheated on her with a woman who designs Fenty shoes for Rihanna. Again, rumor, alleged, um, at this time that I'm recording, uh, 6.17 on Thursday evening, PST. So at this time, Rihanna and Rocky have said absolutely nothing about it. Rocky, for obvious reasons, is, is being dragged. Or maybe not obvious reasons, because it's just a rumor, but he's being dragged nonetheless. People have found the name of the shoe designer, and they have gone to her page, and they are dragging the whole fuck out this woman, as you can imagine. I think this might be worse than Beyonce talking about Becky with the good hair. I hope it's not true. I said this online, and I was like, I, I have more faith in ASAP than that. I don't know why, and maybe I shouldn't. And, you know, I've talked about on here, I was like, I'm not the biggest ASAP fan, like, I think I said that. Did I keep that in? I say a bunch of things and then go back and edit it. I think I kept in the part where I was like, I'm no ASAP fan and her and and ASAP, I don't get it. But again, it's not my life. It's not my man. It works for you. Do you, sis? And I hope it works out for them because, you know, a, a child is being brought into this world. It is in everybody's best interest that their relationship works. I just like to think he had better sense than that. <laughs> my friend was joking. with She's like, where do you get all this optimism from? And I was like, what you mean? And so she was like, and she's like married with two kids and she likes her husband. She was like, if his dick works, you can't really trust that he'll be faithful. I was like, how are you going to say that as a married woman? And she was like, I don't think he's cheating, but do I think he's capable of it? Absolutely. Okay. And she was like, you got a lot of faith in ASAP and ASAP Rocky. You going to put faith in ASAP? And I was like, you know, Rihanna is the come up of all come ups for him. 
ASAP gets publicity and he does like GQ covers and shit, but like name an ASAP song other than fucking problems. I'll wait. He was going into places he was never going to go, sans Rihanna. I can't see him fucking that up. But even when I said it online, people were like, he's a man. Men will embarrass you. Like you have more faith in men than men have in themselves. It's like city boys down bad if this is true. Down bad. I don't know if they can recover from that. I hope it's not true. I really hope it's not true. I know I don't have the highest opinion of ASAP. And still, and still, I hope it's not true. That's just a mess. Do that nice pregnant lady like that. Like, sir, you got one job here. All you got to do is not fuck up publicly and look nice while you hold the baby. That's all you got to do to take your career from the level that it is and to the level that you've always dreamed it could be. The world is your oyster. He ain't really got to do anything. He just got to not fuck up. That's it. Donald Trump gave you a second chance in life. Got your black ass out that jail in Sweden for you to come back. Figure it out with Rihanna. Impregnate Rihanna. And you going to fuck that up? I like to think the boy got more sense than that. I like to think so. I hope, I wish, I wish that he has more sense than that. I do. This week's news is weird. We have some good black news. Alfie, do you watch um, Emily in Paris? It's by the same creator as Sex in the City. It, it has a very similar pace and tone. Um, I like it. On the second season, there is this very gorgeous British guy, British banker, and his name is Alfie. And at the end of season two, it's like, well, what's going to happen with Alfie? His name in real life is Lucien Laviscount. And he's been picked up as a series regular for season three of Emily in Paris. So that means more sexy British black guy, which I cannot wait. He's really gorgeous. He's a little young for my taste. He's 29. I usually don't set my eyes on anybody under 30. I make an exception for Lucien. And I did for Damson Idris, who is now 30. So I don't feel as bad like when I lusted my heart after him. I guess that's it for like good black news. Not that, not that, that, um, that Rihanna ASAP part was good. Oh, I guess we need to talk about Rihanna on the cover of Vogue. I don't know. This rumor just kind of puts like a damper on that whole thing. But I had this whole part that I wanted to talk about, about the, um, the history of pregnancy portraiture for Vogue as photographed by Annie Leibovitz. Rihanna is on the cover of, of the latest issue of Vogue. The tagline is, oh baby, Rihanna's plus one. And she is on the cover, very, very pregnant, in red lace. A red lace strapless jumpsuit with over-the-elbow gloves. And also red heels. She looks really pretty. She's all bump and boobs. And it's a good article, too. The images are absolutely stunning. Um, they're very melancholy to use a Love Jones word. She's not smiling in any of them. She doesn't look unhappy. She just looks very determined, intentional. I really don't know how to describe the lighting of these portraits, um, but they're very, very beautiful. There's one, she's in this like gown. It looks like white latex. It's absolutely gorgeous. And she's absolutely gorgeous. And it's a good article. I hate when there's like a bunch of like really gorgeous pictures and then the article is trash. Like I see a good article and I'm like, ooh, what they talking about? And then I go to read it and I'm like, what is this? Okay. And obviously I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to pull out a couple quotes that I really enjoyed. But there's Rihanna on motherhood. She says, quote, I always thought it would be marriage first, then a baby. But who the fuck says it has to be that way? I'm certainly not going to let that get in the way of me being a mom. 
She says the baby was not planned. They were just kind of having fun. She also says she hasn't bought like one single thing for the baby. And I'm like, ma'am, because I'm looking at this Vogue cover and I was like, you know, you're looking a good eight months to me, sis. Like you might want to, you know, purchase, purchase some things for the baby. She says, quote, I'm so behind on everything. I haven't bought anything yet. Not even a onesie. Nope. Some toys for the crib. Nope. She insists to the writer, quote, you're not hearing me. Not a single thing. She emphasizes each word with a hand clap. Ma'am. She says ASAP has ideas for the nursery, although Rihanna's not sure they'll get much use of it. She imagines the child will sleep in their bedroom, at least in the beginning. She also doesn't have plans for a baby shower, at least not a traditional one. She says no brunch, no blush tones, no animal shape, nothing. She says, personally, I want a party. I want everyone to be plastered and crawling out. And it's got to be co-ed. Don't put me in no wicker chair somewhere with gifts at my feet where everyone is staring at me. She's also refusing to do a gender reveal. She says, I asked my doctor, is something wrong with me for not wanting this? Because people keep asking me, am I a bad mom? When we're ready to tell the world, we'll just tell them. I saw there were pictures of her shopping in Target and people made a big deal. I think she was like getting dresses or something like that. And I was like, she could be buying clothes for her kid or she also could be going to a baby shower or buying clothes for someone else's kid of her long awaited record. <laughs> Rihanna promised us the record a long time ago. We ain't seen, we ain't heard a record in 2016. Is that, is that, is that correct? Rihanna also says it's quote her best album. Released in 2016 and famously snubbed by the Grammys, the genre-busting album was ahead of its time. I'm reading from Vogue and a hard act to follow. Of her next project, Rihanna only says, I'm looking at my next project completely different from the way I had wanted to put it out before. I think this way suits me better, a lot better. It's authentic. It'll be fun for me. And it takes a lot of the pressure off. She still ain't give a date. She still ain't give a date. This is like waiting on that damn Dre album. Oh, and of ASAP, I think this is worth saying. It's not like she made the kid by herself. She says, quote, what I love most about us, transparency with everything, how we're feeling, what our goals are, what our fears and insecurities are, the vulnerability to be able to say what you feel about each other. That's sweet. She also says of him, there's no pretentiousness, my brand, your brand, bullshit. It's just us living. I just feel like I can do any part of life by his side. I hope he ain't fuck up. I really hope he didn't. Not like the rumors that are circulating right now. I really hope he ain't do that shit. I really, really do. Just aside from like the rumors of it all and, and I can't imagine like carrying somebody else's kid and then found out they've been fucking somebody that works for you, no less. That you put on, no less. That's a big level of betrayal. Um, you know, niggas will do it. I just hope that he did not do it to her. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. In other news, which kind of crazy, Thandie Newton. <laughs> Isn't that sad? I said this woman's name and then I immediately started laughing. She did it to herself, though. She did it to herself with that whole, I'm, I'm, what did she say? I'm sorry to dark-skinned black women because I get chosen and you don't. Ma'am, ma'am. But she was supposed to be in this uh, Magic Mike sequel. I think the first two grossed like $300 million. I don't know Magic Mike anything. But apparently Channing Tatum is producing it and starring in it and making a shit ton of money in it. And Page Six alleges that Thandie Newton and Magic Mike, i.e. Channing Tatum, got into a huge fight on set and Thandie was fired and she's going to be replaced by Selma Hyatt. Now here's where the shit gets crazy. Allegedly, and I need to say this up front too, Thandie has denied Page Six's account of what happened. Page Six says they spoke to several people on set and they have the right account. Okay. Allegedly, Channing Tatum and Thandie Newton got into a heated argument over... Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. I can see it. I can see it. I've been in heated arguments with people over Will Smith smacking Chris Rock because it brought up so much stuff. It's not just about the smack. Like I made a list on one episode of the podcast, like of 10 things that also played into the smack. Like you got to talk about sexism and patriarchy and marriage, gender norms, race, Hollywood. Like there's so much that goes into it. But allegedly, these two got into this, like, drag-out argument that was so bad that Channing Tatum got in his car and drove off and left set for the day and wouldn't come back. Page Six points out that Channing Tatum is the producer, and he's also number one on the call sheet, which means he has a whole lot of power. Thandie Newton is number two. They were shooting this film for 11 days. Now Thandie's out, and Selma's in. I'm trying to figure out what the hell did she say to him in this argument that one, he got so mad that he drove off. And two, after a period of separation to think on what was said and to think of how to handle it, they were like, you know what? We've already done 11 days of filming. Fuck it. We'll reshoot. We ain't dealing with her ass no more. She got to go. Like, damn. What did she say? But Thandie's out. So... Remember earlier this week, we were talking about the real coming to an end. And I was like, I don't think this is good riddance. I think this is goodbye and we'll see you later. It's not like a, you know, get the fuck out type of thing. Um, Thandy girl, didn't she say she was retiring? When she was doing a promo for the last movie, 
and she was talking about dark-skinned women and apologizing for being chose. I swore she said like she she's had a good run and she's done and she's going to go on and do something else. But now she's sitting up here on set. Or she was. Thandy said she quit the movie for personal reasons. That's what her publicist said. The statement from the publicist said, quote, she has made a difficult decision to step away from the production to deal with family matters. If she really got some family matters, I hope everything's all right. Family matters is like exhaustion. I got some shit going on. I ain't trying to spill all my tea. So I'm just going to say exhaustion so y'all understand I had to go. Okay. Okay. Page six also notes that (laughs) they said, um... The shakeup came after, quote, a legion of horny middle-aged women stormed the set in an effort to get a glimpse of Channing Tatum in costume as an oiled-up male stripper. Wait, is that what Magic Mike is about? Is the magic his stick? Oh, dear. I didn't realize that. Oh, maybe I need to watch Magic Mike. He don't really do it for me, though. Not bad looking. He just, you know. He's the dude that um, Zoe Kravitz is dating now, yeah? What else is going on? Oh, and criminal shit. We have criminal shit this week. Maya Ponsetto. Do you remember her? This story is from December 2020. It seems like it happened way later than that. I don't remember it being this old, but indeed it is. And I know we talked about it on here. Remember the woman who attacked a 14-year-old kid in the lobby of a hotel because she thought, a black kid at that, because she thought he stole her cell phone only to discover that she left the cell phone in an Uber. So she attacked this kid. It was caught on camera. The kid and his parents decided to press charges, as I think they should have. The girl, I remember, went on, she did an interview with Gail. And I remember her being so rude. Did she make a hand motion or something for Gail to be quiet? I can't remember what it was, but it was so damn rude. And I was like, oh, girl, you have tried it. So you were supposed to come on this show trying to, you know, change public perception of you because you were persona non grata. Like they were calling her Soho Karen. The Gail interview was supposed to clean you up. You just made it worse. But she has pled guilty to unlawful imprisonment in the second degree as a hate crime. And this is according to the Manhattan District Attorney. And under the conditions for her plea deal, she'll be required to continue counseling, avoid interaction with the criminal justice system, and follow the terms of her probation from a separate California case. The DA says if she maintains these conditions for two years, she will be allowed to replead to aggravated harassment in the second degree, a class A misdemeanor. If she fails to abide by the terms, she could spend one and one third to four years in state prison. Is that fair? I don't know. I just think as a a grown ass woman who like jumped on a child, assaulted a child, I understand that she took a plea deal, but she don't get no time in prison for jumping on a kid. I mean, she didn't hurt the kid physically, but I was like, that's some traumatic shit. Did y'all think that's fair? I mean, nothing, no time served for jumping on a child. Cuba Gooding Jr., these allegations are like from forever and a day ago. They pushed this case as long as they could. I guess they thought it would go away and people would just get sick of it and just be like, bah. Not so much. I'm reading now on Variety. It says Cuba Gooding Jr. pled guilty to one count of forcible touching in a criminal case that accused him of violating three different women at Manhattan nightclubs in 2018 and 2019. As part of his plea deal, Gooding avoids jail time. 
and must continue his alcohol and behavior counseling, which he began in 2019 for six more months without any arrest. If he complies, then the conviction will be reduced to a violation, which is not a crime. Variety reports Gooding was arrested in June 2019. I vaguely remember this story. After an incident at a Manhattan club, a 29-year-old woman told police that Gooding squeezed her breast without her consent. After that incident, two more women came forward with accusations of inappropriate touching. One woman, who was a server at Tao, alleged that, alleged that Gooding pinched her buttocks. Another woman claimed that he forcibly touched her inappropriately at a nightclub. On Wednesday, he admitted to subjecting the women to non-consensual physical contact. Variety also notes that Gooding previously pled not guilty to six other misdemeanor charges and denied other accusations. They also note that in total, more than 20 women have come forward to accuse Gooding of groping or forcibly kissing them in incidents dating back to decades. And they're citing their source as the New York Times. They also note that in August 2020, Gooding was accused in a lawsuit of raping a woman in 2013. The woman alleged that she was raped by Gooding in a New York City hotel room. He's also denied those accusations. Jesus. So when I saw this like circulating online, I saw a lot of people talking about not so much the rape part. They were talking about the things he was, conv- they was convicted of. And they were like, he grabbed a woman's breast in a nightclub and pinched somebody's ass. Like, really? Like, that's a lawsuit now? Yeah. And it should have been a long time ago. Let this be a lesson to, to men who want to be handsy and touchy and fill you up in clubs. That it was, it's always been gross. Just because people didn't report it to the police and it wasn't being prosecuted as a crime doesn't mean it never was one. It's always been disgusting and women have always hated it. Let this be a lesson to keep your hands to yourselves. Yikesy. You know, those poor women, that's all I have to say. His career, I've enjoyed his acting over the years. If his career is impacted by his... Um, his actions off camera, um, it is what it is. You keep your fucking hands to yourself, my dude. I swear some days we should add a shut the fuck up is free section to this podcast. We've previously spoken about the guy who liked to role play with his wife as a cat and an old woman who takes in strays. Married consenting adults. What I say last week, the marriage bed is undefiled. I'm not going to judge your kink. Um, But I also kind of think, like, that's some shit you really could have kept to yourself. I know everybody wants to be like, you know, keep it 100, keep it real. Not necessary. Not necessary. You can actually keep some things to yourselves, and it's okay. You do not have to share every single waking thought in your head. And I say this as someone who literally, literally gets paid to give opinions on shit gets paid to share details of their lives. Literally, it's my job. It has been such for like 15 years, right? And still I say to you, you can keep some shit to yourself. I keep a lot of shit to myself. People think I share a lot. I don't. I keep so much shit to myself. I'm actually incredibly private. But one of the people that cannot keep things to themselves, who has no boundaries for TMI, I'm not talking about Mano. Because of Mano, this story was overlooked. Talk about Trick Daddy. I'm reading this on Double XL. Glad they're still around. I used to write for them way back in the day. Trick Daddy. He went on the Breakfast Club and DJ Envy and our friend Angela. We like Angela here. And our friend Charlemagne. We like Charlemagne here. We're having a conversation about Will Smith's delayed reaction to Chris Rock's joke because people are still talking about that damn slap. 
So Charlemagne asked Trick, he said, have you ever had a delayed reaction to something? And I think in Charlemagne's head, he was probably thinking, has anyone ever insulted you and it took you a minute to register the insult? Maybe someone's propositioned you and it took a minute for you to register, you know, that you were being propositioned. I think he meant something along those lines. It said, Trick, have you ever had a delayed reaction to something? Trick said, the only thing I've ever had a delayed reaction to was gonorrhea. Sir, what? 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 Nobody asked about that. He said, I thought I was personally fine. It turned out she burnt me three days later. Sir, 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 sir. This is not where the story was supposed to go. It's not where the story was supposed to go. No, no. Like he's just talking about gonorrhea so freely. And a lot of people do have it. I mean, this STD has been around forever because people keep passing it around to one another. It is curable, thankfully. But still, I was like, I didn't, I didn't expect you to tell us about your gonorrhea, sir. Let's see if we can just get the, the, the early part of the clip. Sir. You ever had a late reaction to something? And then reacted violently? I don't think I had, the late reaction I had one time was gonorrhea. I thought I was personally oh fine. And she, I found out she burnt me three days later. <laughs> 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 the only late reaction I ever had. <laughs> but I, I react right at the moment. Now like, back up for a second. So this gonorrhea Back up. It take three days for you to get the pus up. Did you know who it was immediately? No, but I had a, I had a deal because I had two girls. Well, I had one girl, then I had another dude girl, but <laughs> People still fucking trick daddy? You were thinking it too. You were thinking it too. I'm just saying. Mayno. Mayno. Do people know who Mayno is? He's a, a popular New York rapper. I don't know if he's really well known outside of New York. Um, I can't name nary a Mayno song. I just know for whatever reason who Mayno is. I'm also reading this story on Double XL. So Mayno was on Angela Yee's show. She has a podcast. And were they asking about sexual fantasies? I don't remember how the conversation came up. Let me read. This is also on Double XL. Let me read the story. We're going to play the clip too because I could read it to you, but it's not going to be nearly as what the fuck if you hear it come out of his very own mouth. They said, Angela and Mano were talking about participating in certain proclivities within the bedroom. And they said a light bulb went off in Mano's head. And they said, that's when he began to explain in explicit detail, a certain fantasy that he likes. He says, when he is engaging in sexual activity, he enjoys playing out the role of a slave who was being physically reprimanded by a slave owner. Whipped. Whipped. And then afterward, he has sexual relations with said slave owner's wife. This is what he said. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to play it for you. Because I'm going to read it to you, and you'll be like, Demetri, he didn't say that. One, who does that? What self-respecting black person would participate in this activity? Not one. Now, he participates in this activity. Is he self-respecting? I would say no, because I don't know how you be self-respecting and one and do this and then also tell people about it. So like you ain't got no good self-esteem or good sense. I guess the two do tend to go hand in hand. I'd like to be a runaway slave, Mano said. 
I like to play like a disobedient slave with a white woman. It's two of them. It's me getting whooped, right? Most of them don't like to play like that. They say this nigga's nuts. It's like, listen, you're going to act like you're the master's wife. And I just got whooped by master for eyeballing you. But the whole time you've been really, you know, you liked it. You've been eyeballing me. Mano acknowledges it's some freaky shit. Then he says, I'm going to come out all sweaty. Just finished getting whooped. And then you're going to say, no, Billy Joe, no, Billy Joe, no. Master's not going to like it. He's not going to like it. And I'll say, you know you want it, lady. Nigga. Nigga. And I do mean nigga. Nigga. Really? Sir, you need therapy. You need therapy. Better help is here to help. Sir, you need therapy. What? You want to pretend you are an enslaved person who is being whooped. Your ancestors are disappointed. You are not the hope and the dream of the slave. Sir, why? What is wrong with you? And in general, I don't like to shame nobody's kink. I like to say consenting adults, do what you please. But sir, this is, this is much. You need help. You need help. You want me to play it for you? I'm going to play it for you. Hold on. It's so wrong. I'm going to tell you right now. I've oh never talked about this. Uh-uh. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like to be like a runaway slave. Okay, no. Mano. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like to play like a runaway slave. Okay. I like what to play like a, diso- a disobedient slave with a white woman. So tell me, like, what you say. Yes, Mesa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've, it's, it's, two, it's, it's, it's two of them. Like, it's like me getting whooped, right? You get whooped? It's like, like. I play like you whip it. But most of them don't want to play like that. This is this. Yeah, this is like, what white woman goes along with this? They don't want to play like that. They don't okay. want, this is my fact. It's like, listen, you're going <laughs> to act like your master's, your, your master's uh, husband, uh, wife. wife. And I'm the runner. And I just got whooped by Massa for uh, eyeballing okay. you. Uh, but the whole time you've been really, you know, you've been you like it. Anyway. You've been eyeballing me. Oh, uh, this sounds like some freaky porn. I'm interested. Right, this is some freaky shit. And then yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to come at, all sweaty, right? Just finished getting whooped. And you're going to say, no, Billy Joe, no. No, Billy Joe, no. Master's not going to like it. He's not going to like it. That's what you know you want, This is all script. Yeah, it's all script. So I just do want to just, in, in just maybe some of his defense to help him out just a slight amount. He is holding a plastic cup. It is not red. But he is holding a plastic cup while having this conversation. I see a bottle of lemonade on the table. There could be liquor nearby. He could be imbibing while he's having this conversation. He could be a little drunk while he's having this conversation. I know that doesn't negate anything. But, if, but I just... Nigga. Nigga. By, about getting beat by a white man and a white woman soothing your loins afterwards. Sir... Sir, as expected, the internet has clowned the whole fuck out of him, including his dear friend Jim Jones. After the interview, Jim Jones posted a video. <laughs> it's so stupid. After the um, after this video hit and everyone started clowning Mano, <laughs> Jim Jones put up a video of himself and, and uh, Mano sitting in the car together. <laughs> and Jim was laughing at him. And the caption of the video said, this is my friend Django. You might know him as Mano. <laughs> what he was trying to say was, 
Not calling this man Django. That's an insult to Django. Django got free. Django was enslaved, but Django got free. He went down with them white chicks. Django went on a mission to save his black wife and killed a bunch of people and burnt that plantation house down to the fucking ground. Don't put Mano with Django. It's not the same. One of these things is not like the other. One of them is a hero. The other one is a, is a sick fuck who wants to be beat by a white man. If dysfunction was a person, sir. And I just want to be also clear. We all have our dysfunctions. Everybody got a little something they like to do that's a little off of center. It's okay to keep them to yourselves. I tell people all the time, shut the fuck up, it's free. Shut the fuck up, it's free. Shut the fuck up, it's free. I wish I had the shirts. People kept saying it in the comments yesterday, and I was like, I don't have them. They're not, they're not in stock. I actually hadn't planned to restock them. And they were like, that's, an, that's not a good idea. That's not your best. Do you call Latham? Latham has good ideas. Talk to Latham. <sighs> Sir, why do you tell us this? I'm like, does he realize that, like, he can never have another beef with, like, another rapper, right? Does he realize he can't say anything remotely inappropriate to anyone else? Because the first thing they could be doing is, like, if you don't get your slave ass out of here, you don't want Master to beat you, you have set yourself up. You have made a forced error. Do you not know how the internet works? Like, if you ever misstep ever again, like, when this dragon comes to a close, and it's going to be a while, you understand you can never misstep again without people calling you a slave? You understand that, right? Every thought does not need to be shared. It's okay to have inside thoughts. People ask my opinions on stuff sometimes, and I'd be like, you know what? I have no public opinion on that. They're like, really, Demetria? I don't. I don't. Do I have an opinion on it? Yes. Do I have an opinion for the group chat? Absolutely. Do I have an opinion for the public? No. It's okay to just sit there and eat your food and let people talk sometimes. Like, Mano, do you have any sexual proclivities? I don't. You ain't got to put all your business in the street. People ask you whatever they want. You do not have to answer. And you can, answer, you can answer 99 questions. You don't have to answer the 100th one. You can set your boundaries wherever you feel like answering them. You also just sit there and double blink people. Oh, so you're not going to answer? I'm not. Who is this? I don't know that man. There, there's so many ways to get around it. What do you think of the film, Beautiful Gowns? There's so many ways to get around answering questions that you don't want to answer. Pick one. Don't allow yourself to be embarrassed like this. One man sitting up here telling people like, yeah, they know I had gonorrhea for three days. What? Sir. Sir. Last but not least, have you been following this story about, I don't know what the best way to call it is, trap feminism, trap theology. There is a woman, a black woman, her name is Cecily Bowen, and she wrote this book called Bad Fat Black Girl. And her book is about trap feminism. It is a concept that she came up with in 2012 on a road trip with a friend, reading this from an interview that she did on Bitch Media last year when she was promoting her book. But she said she was on a road trip with her friend in 2012. They were listening to music and they were discussing their relationship with trap music and men's glorification of hustling and, and the, the necessity of trap feminism to make space for women who also be in the trap. So she defines trap feminism this way. And this is a quote. She says, trap feminism says that black girls who have ever rocked bamboo earrings, dookie braids, baby fat, lace fronts, or those who have worked as hoes, scammers, call center reps at daycares and retail, and those who sell waist trainers and mink lashes on Instagram are all worth the same dignity and respect we give Michelle Obama and Beyonce. Agreed. So she wrote this book. It came out in October. This is the first that I'm hearing of it today. It just didn't hit my radar. I don't know how, but it's hit it today. And the reason it's hit it today 
is because there is a popular book that was circulating. Oh no, it hasn't even come out yet. It was set for April 21st, according to Barnes and Noble. It's called Bad and Bougie Toward a Trap Feminist Theology. The author's name is Jennifer M. Buck. Jennifer M. Buck is a white chick. She is the associate professor of practical theology at Azusa, A-Z-U-S-A, Pacific University. She has a PhD in philosophy of religion and theology from Claremont Graduate University and a master's in divinity from Fuller Theological Seminary. She's written a previous book and she has, quote, this is according to her bio, multiple forthcoming books. One of them is about Quakers, holiness and everyday life. And there's another book about the intersection of fashion and theology. Now, if you saw this picture of Jennifer, you would be very, very shocked. She's not like like an Eminem type white person that like, you know, grew up in Detroit next door to everybody. And it was just like, oh, that's the white boy on the block where they just like, you know, they white, but they grew up in black culture. That's not her. This is a lily white chick. She look Quaker and I ain't got nothing against the Quakers. That said, this woman looks like plain vanilla. You would never have any guess that she'd had any interaction with black folks other than to write this book about specifically trap feminist theology. I was like, you got to be a certain kind of black to even understand trap feminist theology. That's not even just like a, like every black person gets it. You got to be real specific with that. And I was like, how does white woman think she know anything about the trap? You don't, you don't see me on here talking about trap life. I don't know that life. As a black person, I also would not feel qualified to start writing about trap shit because I don't know it. Yes, I could go to a culture and I can immerse myself in it and research it. I could interview people. I could ask them their stories. I could ask them if they would allow me to tell their stories or share their stories, something like that. But that doesn't seem to be what Jennifer M. Buck did. Jennifer M. Buck, I don't know where she got her her information from. Because looking at the overview of her book, there's there's no breakdown of like how she got this information, women she spoke to. It's just her talking about the trap and then she threw a black girl on the cover to throw people off ma'am ma'am let's read the overview it says the book engages with the overlap of black experience lowercase b notable the overlap of black experience hip-hop music ethics and feminism to focus on a subsection known as trap feminism and construct a trap feminist theology Now, when our friend Cecily Bowen laid out what trap theology was, I was like, oh, okay, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I know exactly who you're talking to. I don't understand what what engages with the overlap of black experience, hip-hop ethics, hip-hop music ethics, and feminism, huh? Huh? Let's continue. She says, interacting with the concepts of moral agency, resistance, and imagination Trap feminist theology seeks to build an intersectional theology emphasizing women's agency in their bodies and sexuality while also remaining faithful to the quote and unquote trap context from which they are socially located. Girl, what? Look, look, I got an undergrad in English and a master's in journalism. I've been a writer for 20 goddamn years. I'm really good at dissecting stuff. Girl, what? How you get this past the publisher? She says such a project will redefine the quote unquote trap context from one of marginalization to one of joy and flourishing within black feminist theology. The theology overlaps with black ethics and subversive empowerment that forms a new normative ethic and family system with a subset of the black community. Again, girl, what? It's me. It's me. She sounds like Damon Wayne is sitting up on that prison bed. No, 
Trap feminism emerges out of trap culture where the black woman is creating a space outside of the barriers of poverty, harnessing autonomy, employment, and agency to allow for a reinvention of self-identity while remaining faithful to social location. Ma'am, I hate when people use a bunch of big-ass words just to say, like, essentially the same shit Cecily said and words people could actually fucking understand. Girl, girl. I don't even understand what any of this means. Like, am am I the audience for this to read about trap feminism? Or is this like some PhD anthropological look at the survival of women in the hood? This feels real. um... Behold the adult female trap queen in her natural habitat of Southwest Atlanta. A trap queen is a woman who is down for the cause. She was born in the ghetto, raised in the ghetto, but she ain't that ghetto. The trap queen is a bad bitch. And this language moves beyond the physical aesthetic to a woman who resists power relations that would keep her oppressed. Trap queen has come to serve as a synonym for street smart female in any context. But for our work, here the context will be limited to a black urban female who makes and distributes illegal drugs, often behind a shell business. She is confident, sexually liberated, driven, and deeply committed to the thriving of herself and her community. I'd like to thank Damon Young. I don't know where he went and got a copy of the first page of this woman's book from, but that's what I've just read to you. I'm reading to you exactly what her fucking book says. Why do people love to go like poke around some shit and be like, what is this? What is this magical new thing that we just discovered today that's existed for like hundreds of years? Braids, you say? (laughs) Do-rags? Baby hair? On adults? What do these colorful bags women take to the markets? We can put a European label on them and sell them for $500. Why people say Christopher Columbus is some shit? I'm going to go find some shit that's existed forever and plant a flag on it and call it new. It's not called discovery. It's called theft. And I don't understand what the fuck this book is about. I would order it, but so I heard it's not going to be published. I'm reading this. Um, Dr. Stacy Patton. You know Stacy. Stacy comes to talk to us sometimes. She's reposting something from Teresa Stovall, who did the good Lord's work. Everybody's been sitting on the internet complaining and outraged. Teresa picked up the phone and called the publisher and was like, hey, hey. She said, I called the publisher, a small Christian press in Eugene, Oregon, to find out how the entire fuck this book happened. She said that she says the publisher is preparing a statement, taking full responsibility for their mistake. She said she'll share it when it goes live. Let me go follow her page real quick. She said, most importantly, they are pulling the book from sales outlets. And she says she's not sure when. She notes that it's still up on Amazon. I'm, on, I'm looking at it on Barnes & Noble. It, as someone who's uploaded stuff on Barnes & Noble and then had to like make edits to it, it does take a minute to get it up and get it down. Sometimes 48 hours, just in fairness. But they said they're pulling the book from sales outlets. Stovall notes that when she peaked, she's like, it had 17 one-star do not buy this book reviews. That was on Amazon? Because I looked earlier at the reviews. There's 28 one-star reviews on on Barnes and Noble. If you don't have much to do today and you just want to like cackle real quick, read the reviews on Barnes and Noble. I can't vouch for Amazon, but the ones on Barnes and Noble, somebody who named themselves Hard Pass called this book Yikes on Bikes. 
The editorial review says deeply important and relevant work that gives voices to communities that are continuously marginalized. She said white women stealing culture and writing from a perspective where they have no credentials is the active marginalization of those communities. Facts. There's somebody else who talks about the audacity. The white audacity here is astounding. It is incomprehensible as to how this book was written, but then even published. As a white woman, we need to at minimum shame other white women into shutting the fuck up. See, there it goes again. It's free. Someone else calls this inappropriate. They said it is contradictory in a sense that the book is meant to analyze black women's voices, yet it is trying to accomplish that through a white woman's take on intersectionality and her experiences rather than logically be obsessed through a black lens. Take it off the shelves and pack it up. This is the last one. Dead ass. <laughs> Say you're from New York without saying you're from New York. It says, this is giving blindside white women with a white savior complex that can get down with the brown. This is giving, I can write a book about black women as a whole because my friend in elementary school was black. When black women ask for representation, this is not what we mean. They dragging the hell out this book. It tickles me. This one, this one, this one. Terrible. This author should be embarrassed for herself. She stole the name in a lame attempt to be relevant. She also attempted to speak on a subject that no amount of research could ever teach her about. If she truly cared on this topic, her research would have told her not to write this book. Why can't white people stop colonizing the experience of people of color? She is directly trying to gain from cultural appropriation. (sighs) They dragging her ass. Oh, well, she brought it on herself. That's what you get for not shutting the fuck up. When? When? It's free. All right, ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls and those who don't identify as either, that is Ratchet and Respectable for this week. I'll be back on Tuesday. We'll talk again then. If you have not picked up your merchandise for Ratchet and Respectable, please do so. It is available on the website, DemetriaLLucas.com. We have Ratchet and Respectable in all different colors. I just got a new round of edited graphics for... um, <laughs> companionship dick and protection i like this batch so hopefully i can uh get that in the works is that everything it's never everything is it what we got it's what i'm giving so we'll talk again on tuesday okay bye <laughs>